good morning. It is good to be with you all this morning. This is Pastor Greg, and looking forward to having a Bible study, the study of the Psalms, and been enjoying my own devotion, studying those throughout the week and throughout each day, and I hope you have as well. And uh, today is Cinco de Mayo, um, so happy Cinco de Mayo Day. That really doesn't mean a whole lot to us as Americans. It's an it's a Mexican celebration of a victory over the French um, at the Battle of Pueblo. Uh, but hey, Cinco de Mayo, happy Cinco de Mayo Day to you. So, um, but hey, I wanted to just spend a little bit of time. I I, I think this is going to be important that we, as believers, are able to filter through what is true and what's not true, because man. Out there in our, you know, we have the fake news, we have all this stuff going on, and we just have a hard time to filter, is this true? Uh, my wife brought me just something on Sunday, and she said, is this true you can get fined this much and locked up for six months if you don't have a mask on? I said, no, that's not true. Obviously, it's not even a law, so they can't throw you in prison for six months. But we have this challenge of, man, there's so much information. There's so much stuff coming at us of battling what is true and what's not true. We started out at the beginning of this whole uh, process back in March uh, with this uh, COVID-19 thing, encouraging everybody with Philippians 4, 6 to be in prayer, to not be worried, but to be in prayer. But what's interesting is verse 8 tells us, to think on certain things, whatsoever is true, whatsoever is lovely, of good report, it goes on, think on these things. And, and so we need to be filling our minds with truth so that we are not um, pressed to believe everything that comes at us. Well, what helps us do that? What is the greatest source of truth? Well, as believers, we know that's the Word of God. And so to be in the Word of God, studying the Word of God, and really feeding our minds with that. I'm reminded of Joshua and Joshua 1, when God is establishing Joshua as a new leader, and he tells him, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. And so that aspect of God says to his people, Man, dig in to my word. Because then you'll be prosperous, then you'll be, and the word there for success is the word for prudence. You're going to be wise to make right decisions, wise to determine truth and error. And so the encouragement there to dig in the Word of God. I was wondering, have you, have you ever thought about how much of a, of a precious gift it is to have your own copy of, of the Word of God in English before you. You probably have it open right now. You may have it on your phone, whatever. But we have the Word of God available to us. As I sit here in my uh, office this morning, and I'm looking around, and there is a variety of Bibles. I mean, I've got Bibles over the place, and um, different ages, different time periods of my preaching with different notes in them. And to think, man, we've got so many of them. But yeah, and there are places in the world where they yet don't even have a copy of the scriptures in their language. And it wasn't really until, it wasn't until the late 1300s that there was a Bible in English. Let me just give you a little bit of a 
kind of a, a time stamp or a history thing here before. And then what I want to do actually for the next couple of weeks uh, in our psalm studies is look at two psalms that really highlight the Word of God, Psalm 19 and Psalm 119. But to think about a little bit of the history of where we got our Bible in English, up into the late 1300s, the state church, the Catholic church, had maintained the Bible only in Latin, and that's how they, they use it in the church. And so the common person had no idea what it said. Uh, they were blindly forced to follow the traditions of the church. And then a man named John Wycliffe came along with a desire to get the Word of God in the English language to show the error of the church. And with the help of his followers called the Lollards and his assistant Purvey and many other faithful scribes, Wycliffe produced dozens of English language manuscript copies of the scriptures. They were translated out of the Latin Vulgate, so they weren't the best translations possible, but that was the only text available, source available to Wycliffe. And then the Pope was so infuriated by his teachings and his translation of the Bible into English that 44 years after Wycliffe had died, he ordered the bones of Wycliffe to be dug up, burned, and then scattered on the river. And so it was infuriating to the, to the Roman Catholic Church that the Bible would be in the common man's hands. And I am so thankful that what Wycliffe did. Then one of his followers, John Huss, actively promoted Wycliffe's ideas that, that, that everybody should be able to have the, the Bible again in their hands. And, um, and he continued in the copying, the manuscript uh, copying. Huss was then burned at the stake in 1415 uh, with some of Wycliffe's manuscript Bibles used as killing for the fire. During the next two year, hundred years, two things happened that aided in the translation of the Bible and its widespread dis- dispersion. One was men began to realize the errors of the Latin translation and began to gather the original Greek and Hebrew manuscripts that were later compiled and put together into the Texas Receptus by Erasmus. But the second big shift was the invention of the printing press in the 1450s by Johann Gutenberg. Um, and so many of those, uh, like such as William Tyndale and John Huss and John Rogers and all those that gave their lives for the battle of the Bible. But in the 1500s, the battle of the Bible faced an incredibly difficult time with Queen Mary, known as Bloody Mary. Uh, She was a strong Roman Catholic, and during her short five-and-a-half-year reign, hundreds of people were burned at the stake for aiding the work of getting the Bible out. In fact, I've read of one old Bible from that time period. It's on display in a museum. And it's, it's obvious as you look at it um, that it's been immersed in a fluid. You know how if you ever drop, I, I did this one time when I was younger, I dropped a book when I was in the tub, in, in the tub, and you know how it's all the pages all like wrinkle and you can see like a line where the, where the liquid is at. Well, this one, the same thing happened. You can see a liquid saturation point up to three quarters of the way up the page. And, and, and you can tell it um, by that, that crinkling and those things. But this waterline is a bit different. It's pink in color. And the re- reason for that is that this Bible was actually dipped in blood. During the tyranny and persecution of Bloody Mary, one of the things that they would often do before they burned some at the stake is slit their wrist, fill a bowl with their blood, and then dip the Bible in it. And the Bible is, and, and this Bible is on display as a reminder to people, don't do this. So, so think about this. The Bible you hold in your hand, hundreds and hundreds of people have risked their lives and given their lives so that you could have that. 
And so we think about just the preciousness of that and really Psalm 19 and Psalm 119 are two passages that really highlight uh, the preciousness and the splendor of God's Word. And again, I think we need that right now. Um, we need that all the time, but especially right now, there's all kinds of, uh, of, of ideas and um, hypothetical situations and charts and maps and all this stuff going on and to know what is true, what's my foundation in, and to be reminded of that. And so in Psalm 19, um, it starts out in verses 1 through 6 with the glory of God's general re- revelation, creation. We dealt with that actually several weeks ago where we highlighted that in one of our Psalm podcasts. But I want to look at now really verses 7 and following. And when you look at verses 7 and following, what you're going to find is, one, this is a revelation of the Lord. Six different times um, we read this as God's revelation to us, the law of the Lord, the testimony of the Lord. This is God revealing to us what he wants us to know. It's his revelation. Just as 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness. The man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So God is telling us that this Bible is his testimony, his letter to us of every detail that he wants us to know uh, about him and just about life. So, now I want you to also notice, as you look at especially verses 7 um, through 9, you're going to find that there is six different titles for the word. You have law, testimony, statutes, commandment, fear, judgments. Um, so you got six different titles. You also have six different characteristics. It's perfect, it's sure, it's right, it's pure, it's clean, it's true, and then six different benefits. It converts, it makes wise, it brings joy, it enlightens, it endures, and produces righteousness. Well, what I want to do is I just want to break that into two portions, two podcast studies, and we're going to just look at three and three, uh, hopefully. We may only get into two today and then four the next time, and then next week we'll look at Psalm 119. Notice the first one, though. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. That's verse 7. All Lord is perfect. Now, when we think of perfect, different things come through our minds. Um, it, it, it has, though, the idea of not being perfect as in without error. It has the idea of being perfect as in complete. In other words, it lacks nothing. It's, it's the perfect manual for man. I don't know about you, but there are times when I've got to put something together and if it's got a lot of detail, it's like, man, I, I need a manual to put this together. Several years ago, when I was at my last church in West Virginia, one of the tasks when we were building, we built a, uh, a new facility, is we built a playground for it. It was an indoor playground in a, in a room, and um, it was incredibly heavy. It was all made out of this solid, um, solid treated special lumber, and and so it was, it was all these different sections and, and it had slides and tubes to climb between, all this stuff. And I was like, all right, no problem. I can put this together. Where's the manual? Because you, you got to know what goes first. Well, I, they handed me the manual to put this thing together. 
and it was literally one sheet front and back. One sheet front and back. And it would just basically show you a picture of one whole platform put together. And then say, now connect this platform to this whole platform put together. But it didn't tell you what to do or how to do it. Man, it was such a struggle because that manual was not complete. It was not perfect. But God's word is, and so what it does is it tells us here, it converts. It means it totally transforms. It makes it completely new. Uh, We we might think of right now as um, the show has kind of kicked back off, the transformation of Biggest Loser. Um, When someone goes through all this stuff and it changes who they are when they go through that exercise and diet regimen. Well, the word of God, when we let it work us over and we meditate on it and we chew on it, it works us over and it changes us. It transforms our soul, uh, the, 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 the breathing creature of who you are. It, it transforms our soul, which is our suke, our mind to think right. It helps us to think right. So it's going to change who we are completely. And so um, the law of the Lord is perfect. It converts the soul. But notice the second one here. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Testament of the Lord is sure. Uh, the word there, sure, means it's unmovable. It's completely trustworthy in every instance. That, that's quite a claim that something would be completely without error and trustworthy in every instance. I don't know of one website that you can go to that you are guaranteed that it is complete without error. One source that you can cite, you can say this is always going to be 100% accurate. Because there's error in man-made stuff. But the Bible tells us that the testament of the Lord is sure. It is without, without any error. So it's only the word of God that we can put our complete trust in. And it's without error. It's sure. It's unmovable. It's completely trustworthy because of its author. It is the author that brings the veracity and the validity to what we hold in our hands. And the author is the eternal, uh, omniscient God. And so when we know that, we say, man, I'm going to open up this book and I'm going to read it. I'm going to read the Word of God and I know what I'm reading is true. It's accurate. And so what does that do then? Well, it makes wise the simple. The word for simple means open door. Um, That's the idea of the person who says, I have an open mind. Uh, That's a simple person. And and they say, oh, I just have an open mind. I'm going to be open to all opinions and all theories and all philosophies. And I'm not going to be exclusive. I'm the inclusive person. Well, the Bible says that's that's simple. That's a simple person. They don't know what falsehoods to block out. They don't know what untruths and what lies and and what mixture of truth and lies they gotta they gotta filter through. Well, the word of God is what helps us to discern that. It helps us to not be um, uh, so. Uh, in fact, even in our study, we're looking at in Ephesians. Um, th- th- we're going to get to that this coming week, where it's going to talk about that we'd be no longer as children tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine, that we're able to discern and say, wait a minute, this is not true, this is true. 
and discern right from wrong. And so we need to be in the Word of God on a regular basis. And so are you? Is this a regular daily pattern of your life to get in the Word of God and to meditate in the Word of God so that we are being wise? So some thoughts there to think about. I want to challenge you with that. We're going to stop there. I'll come back to the next four and then some application with it on our next podcast. But man, how valuable it is to have God's Word. And so let's thank Him for that. Let's praise God for that. Let's hide it in our hearts. Let's meditate on it. Let's chew on it that we might be wise as God instructs us to be. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the accuracy, the veracity of your word that you are the author of, that you have chosen to reveal yourself to us. God, thank you in this culture and in this time in which we live where there's just an overflow of information coming at us. Thank you that you have given us a source that helps us to know what is true it is perfect. It is complete. It changes us. It is, it is accurate and sure, and it makes us wise so that we know what is right. So thank you for that, Lord. Help us today walk in that truth with great joy and confidence. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, hey, I hope that's an encouragement, and tune in the next time this week, and we'll pick up there and continue with this excellent psalm together. Have a great day.